Family can become members in a healthcare sharing program for three hundred to five hundred dollars a month. Now for a whole family, for a whole that's family, incredible. That right. is that Versus is incredible. Fifteen hundred dollars a month or two thousand dollars exactly. a month. Exactly, that's usually what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's basically about fifteen hundred is the average of what a family pays for really? healthcare wow. today. Yeah. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and today we're talking about healthcare sharing programs. What are they? How do they work? How do they compare to traditional health insurance programs? So, Leo, as we dig into this, just what is a healthcare sharing program, or sometimes they're referred to as ministries? Yeah. Well, obviously, it's a it's something that has to do with healthcare, and we know that healthcare is very expensive. In fact, it's one of the more um, costly part of our our budget. And especially as you get older, I think it's going to be a bigger and bigger portion of our budget. So it's one of those things that I think we have to find some solutions for. Obviously, our government is trying to find solutions for it. Obamacare, unfortunately, took us, I believe, in the wrong direction because it made it not only more expensive but mandatory. So, yeah. so that's not a good answer. And what I'm really excited about uh, the show is that we can help our audience to understand a different um, healthcare option. Yeah, it's not insurance. It's different than insurance. We'll cover that. But it is an option. I think for many people, especially if you have uh, a younger family and you're in good health, uh, this could be a really good answer and potentially save you hundreds of dollars per month in healthcare costs. Yeah. And I was just talking to a doctor the other day. Well, actually, it was a guy that wants to become a doctor and he's mm-hmm. working in a doctor's office right now, but he's going to school to become a doctor. And he said the three years that he's been working in the doctor's office, he's realized that his desire to help people and serve people in medicine is completely undercut by the amount of paperwork yeah. and the bureaucracy and the trouble dealing with the insurance companies and just that it is a huge mess. And Mm so uh, Mm -hmm. this is not to say that this is the silver bullet that fixes that, but we want to offer you some new options so that if you're looking at buying health insurance or needing some kind of health coverage, you at least have a little bit wider net to cast than just going through your company or Mm -hmm. looking out on the market and going through the government option. And so we're looking to just provide some more resources. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're trying to help our audience to save money, right? The the lower you can provide a need that you have in your uh, financial life and in your budget, then obviously that's going to help. And there's another side to this, David, that I think is important to note is that more and more people are working for themselves. More and oh, more people yeah. are jumping Big between time. jobs. So this is something that for many, especially freelancers, self-employed business owners, even people that are retiring earlier. I have a friend who retired early and he had to buy Obamacare because he was no longer employed. Well, yep. his premiums alone are $12,000 per year. Wow. And that's that's without a thousand the deductible. Bucks a month, without, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's basically- That's just to have the coverage. That's just have coverage. Yeah. So you did, they don't have to pay the penalty, but obviously they need to have coverage. They're, they're older. They need to have some kind of health care coverage. But when you're paying $12,000 for a premium, just so you have insurance, so you basically- cover or um, meet that requirement, that's just crazy to me. And then you have to pay another $10,000 deductible or, or whatever it is in order to have your doctor cover anything. So most of their expenses are right out of pocket. 
Yeah. And they're paying a thousand a month. Wow. Yeah. Because the mean, high deductible. You know, and, yep. and so many people cannot do that. Fortunately, they have the means to do that. But many people, they would never be able to do that. I remember my, my father-in-law retired and he worked for an airline, a major airline, and he retired. And the reason he retired early is because they were about to sign a contract where the health insurance was going to change and significantly increase, uh, meaning the employee portion was going to be a lot higher. Right. So he retired hoping he would be, he was told he was going to be grandfathered in within six months the policy or the new contract went into effect and his insurance went from $400 per month to 1000 a month. That will completely change your oh, retirement his reti- dynamic. His right. retirement from that company, he only worked at that company 15 years. Yeah. His retirement was 1000 a month. Oh. So he's basically getting healthcare for working 15 years at that company. Yeah. That was the cost that he was yeah. covering. So it's such a huge need. And obviously, as we get older and as we age, depending on pre-existing conditions or, or issues that come up, We need to have some kind of coverage, but what's that balance? So part of why we wanted to do the show is to hopefully uh, give an alternative to that, something that I had to do when I stepped away from my previous job, and now since I'm self-employed, I had to figure out, okay, can I get on my wife's insurance? What will that be? Well, it was going to be over $600 to add me to our policy per month. Wow. And so that's $7,200. Now, I'm a healthy guy. Uh, I rarely ever get sick. Don't have any existing, I don't take any pills, anything like that. So for me to pay $7,200 just to have insurance, to go to the doctor possibly once or twice a year, right? it's kind of ludicrous. It's stupid to me. Why would I spend $7,200 to go and cover $500 worth of expenses? Right. Well, and you have the deductible that you've got to pay up front anyway. So you really have to get to what you're buying is catastrophic coverage for if something really bad were to happen. But you're paying $7,200 a year for that. Mm -hmm. And and then plus, you know, with your deductible, it's just very unlikely you're going to utilize it unless it's catastrophic. And that's that's the thing. When you do the math, you realize that you're throwing a lot of money away and get no value, no benefit from it. So part of what this alternative healthcare program will do, or programs, because there are a bunch of them and more and more are being added every day, I think, it is an alternative for those people who are healthy, who basically just need that just-in-case type of insurance. You know, they catch right. something, they get, I don't know, some kind of disease that's hereditary or something. That's a, It's a long shot, but it could happen, and we all need to have that. Otherwise, it could completely devastate us financially. So these programs are able to provide that without costing a lot of money. Yeah. Well, the way that they're able to do that is that these are oftentimes faith-based programs. And so it's usually based on different religious denominations. And what they do is they facilitate a voluntary sharing program among members. So you join as a member, Mm -hmm. and then they share eligible medical expenses. So basically, if you and I were in the program, and we both were paying in a voluntary share each month, then if you got sick, then we'd use some of the money that we'd pooled together to pay your sickness bills. And if I got sick, we'd use some of that money to pool and pay my sickness bills. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yep. So members send in their monthly shares is usually the term, but it's basically another word for premium. And then those are distributed on behalf of members that have medical expenses according to the guidelines of the program. So these these programs are going to be unique in that they're going to have different guidelines than typical health insurance companies. And that's what you want to be aware of. Yeah, I mean, these are built upon principles of people with similar beliefs. Um, Many of them are Christian organizations, so the values that they have uh, outlined in their guideline and in their approval process is you you even have to sign basically a a commitment or covenant letter that says, 
you know, this is what I believe, this is what I do, this is, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't. So a lot of the reasons this type of healthcare sharing program works is because it does not include and it doesn't cover expenses that can typically be very, very expensive, right? We're talking about lung cancer. We're talking about uh, drug and alcohol abuse, um, premarital sex. So you're talking about right. STD, all, all those things that come from behavior that in a Christian mindset, from a biblical perspective, it's not condoned, it's not encouraged. Right. So these organizations are basically a, a community of people that say, look, we believe that as believers, as Christians, we should bear each other's burdens. Means if, if a person down the street from me, who I know, who I am in a relationship with, has a need, then me and 10 other you know, people in this neighborhood should rally together and get the, the funds together to help this person through this difficulty. That's what this is. It's obviously on a larger scale so that it brings in millions and millions of dollars. And there are organizations, I looked at one today, that they have always paid, like 100% of the, the claims, wow. the, what they call reimbursements, that they've been um, coverage you know, for, for expenses that have been um, submitted have been covered. And so, so again, it's, it's a pretty interesting program. I looked into it a little over a year ago because I was at this point, and I was like, okay, do I pay $600 or what's the alternative? And so I was looking for the alternative. Mm -hmm. And the only alternative I found was this type of healthcare program. And I'll mention the one I, that I went with. I went with Christian Health Ministries, and they have a very clearly laid out program. Uh, it's Again, it's not insurance, but I have to sign the agreement or the covenant. I have to buy by those. I am a self-pay type person, so that if I go to the doctor, I tell them, I have a card, but it's not an insurance card. It's not, it, it literally does not say, okay, if I have this card, you guys are going to get paid. No, I tell them, I'm self-pay, but I am part of this organization, and they reimburse uh, my cost if yeah. it goes over a certain amount for each occurrence. And I haven't had to reimburse it, but I have several friends who actually recommend the organization to me uh, who have had knee replacements and all kinds of Wow. Fairly significant, yeah. you know, surgeries that they have been reimbursed for. Anything over five hundred dollars because of the premium and the package that they bought into, or the you know the specific uh, premium that they chose because there are three different levels. Anyway, the the great thing about this programs or these programs is that there are different ones that can meet uh, different uh, family types, whether you're a single person, a married couple, or with children. And there are some that have in-network, out-of-network. You can choose your own doctor, and you can, uh, you can go with a, with a different program that is, has it, their own network, which for some people might be limited, but it keeps the cost much lower because it is only uh, for a certain group of doctors that you can go to. So there's a variety of, of different programs out there. So I love that because it's not just one or two options now. There are so many different options. And the biggest thing about this is that it's much less expensive than healthcare. That's the bottom line because, again, as we go back to the my example, it's either I pay $7,200 just to have the coverage and then pay my deductible and then pay my portion, my co-pays, and all the other things, which could be close to $10,000 per year for very little benefit, right? Uh, or I go with this option. It's $150 a month. Wow. That's right? a huge difference. It's a huge yeah. difference. It's $1,800 a year. Yeah. And then there's an additional gift that I give. It's called Brother's Keeper. And that just extends my ability to, for reimbursement if I need it uh, beyond a million dollars. So now what I do is I pay 150, and then once a year I pay. I, and and I say I pay. These are actual gifts. Uh, they're called premiums, but they're really gifts, right? You're giving it away 
and the organization's using it to cover other people's costs. Yeah. And at the same time, if that happens to me where I may need a surgery, then their gifts are going to yeah. then, then help me to cover my cost. Yeah. Now, that wouldn't be a tax-deductible gift, though, mm-hmm. because it's not through a 501c3. But it is, it's considered a gift in the government's eyes. That's yes. the way these programs are set up. Yes. And, and it does, uh, the great thing about it also is that it does meet the, the Affordable Care Act requirement. Yeah. So you don't have to fill out the IRS Form 8965 when you do your taxes, but there's no penalty because you are in a program that covers healthcare costs or potentially covers healthcare costs. So that's a, that's a great thing because I remember my son-in-law for a couple of years didn't have health insurance. He was old enough where, of course, he couldn't be with his parents, so he was on his own. He was working, I don't know, some part-time job somewhere that didn't have healthcare. And every year he had like a $300 or whatever it was. It was several hundred dollars of penalty for wow. not having healthier yeah. health care yeah. because of the Affordable Care Act, yeah. which is kind of adding insult to injury to me. It's like, I can't afford to buy the insurance and you're going to penalize me for it. <laughs> right, it's like, right. whoa, that's a great government program. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's one of the benefits is that it does meet that requirement. But again, it's much less expensive. Uh, for instance, families can become members in a healthcare sharing program for three hundred to five hundred dollars a month. Now, yeah, for a whole family, for a whole that's family, incredible. That right. is that versus fifteen hundred dollars a month or two thousand exactly. dollars a month. That's usually what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's basically about fifteen hundred is the average of what a family pays for really? healthcare wow. today. Yeah, and these these are not no deductible hundred percent coverage. We're talking about still an eighty twenty seventy thirty type of program, right. With a fairly significant deductible yeah. of at least fifteen hundred per person or three to five thousand per family. So now you're adding the fifteen hundred, which is eighteen thousand a year. Yeah, plus the deductible. It's, I mean, for some people, I just don't know how they can afford to get the insurance. Right. Well, I mean, and, really. and the reason that we have insurance in our lives is to transfer risk. And there are some things that we can't self-insure. And right. so personally, if, if Ashley or I were to have a medical illness that cost $200,000, $500,000, a million dollars, we couldn't pay for those bills. And so we buy insurance in order to transfer the risk of that happening over to the insurance company so they have to pay for it mm-hmm. if it happens to us. And so there's always going to be this cost benefit. And you even have to look at your financial situation. I mean, let's say that you are uh, completely broke. You have no dependents, but you are just kind of going on your own. You've you've got no home, you've got no car, and maybe you're just making car payments, you know, you're renting. If you are completely at a place of, of no assets and you were to go through a huge medical expense, well, you would go through bankruptcy and it'd be painful and it'd be a mess. But over time, it wouldn't affect your life, you know, massively right. because, you recover. You, because you could recover from it, right? Because you didn't have very much to lose in the first place. Right. But let's say that you had $100,000 in the bank or that you've begun, you know, setting up some retirement and that you have the assets and the means mm-hmm. to cover the first $200,000 of a medical expense, yeah. but not 500000 Well, now you go from being a 200000 in your net worth to being upside down 300,000. And so you want to insure, but if you can find a cheaper way to do it and transfer that risk in a healthy way, it's a no brainer. So it's really cool to have different options to do this. Yeah. There's there's another side of this that I think it's kind of interesting uh, because a friend of mine shared this with me and then I experienced the same thing and I thought it was kind of interesting. So I want to share it, which is when you have healthcare insurance and you, let's say you don't feel good, the first thing you're going to say, well, I'm going to just run to the doctor. I'm going to go to care now. I'm going to go to one of these quick uh, doctor places, whatever. Yeah. And you're going to spend your $50 deductible or 75 or whatever it is 
but then the cost of that is going to be several hundred dollars. They're right. going to do tests. Right. They're going to run a blood check. So it's three, four hundred dollars that they're going to claim. They're going to submit to the insurance. The insurance may pay a quarter of that or half of that, whatever. But we're talking about an expense both for you and the insurance company because you didn't feel a hundred percent. Now, I'm not saying you should not go to the doctor when you're sick, but I will tell you that when you have insurance with a small copay or with a, you know, even if it's not a small copay, as, lo as long as you have insurance, you're like, I'm just going to go to the doctor. Whereas if you're if you're self-insured, so to speak, and you know I got to take care of myself because every time I go, they're not going to cover up to the first $500. It's on me. Right. You're less likely to jump and just go have a bunch of tests done because you might have uh, you know, a virus or or something like that that's going to pass anyway, and they're not going to be able to give you anything for it anyway. Yeah. So it's made me more cautious about, one, taking care of myself. But number two, when I don't feel 100%, I don't very quickly just, oh, I'm just going to run to the, to the doctor. I think about it. Maybe I'll, I'll try uh, some, something over the counter. I'll bundle up. I'll whatever. I'll take a hot bath. Whatever it's right. necessary for right. me to try to take care of myself. Right. I'll go that extra length rather than just getting in the car and running to the doctor. Yeah. And I know that if you think about that on a mass scale, how many people are just going to the doctor? Sometimes unnecessarily because again, if it's a virus and there's nothing you can do, it's got to run its course. Yeah. The best they're going to do is going to give you something for the pain. Right. Or something to help you with drainage. Well, you can get that stuff over the counter. So I found myself, unfortunately, um, that I, I used to go to doctor much more readily than I really needed to. And I think that's a good thing because it makes us more aware of our health. So we, we take better care of ourselves when we know that, okay, the first 500 is on me. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if you think about it, there's probably over a million people a day that go to visit the doctor, probably more than that. Well, if there's sure. 300 million people in the country, you know, that's less than a third of a percent. So let's say 1% of the country goes, that's 3 million people a day. Yeah. I'm making these numbers up, but at least 3 million people a day that are going to the doctor, right? Yeah. Even to $200, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and when you are on a medical sharing program like this and you have to pay up front, mm -hmm. but then you get reimbursed, well, now you start to search hey, which doctor is going to allow me to have these scans or this imaging or the whatever tests I need run? Right. Who's going to do it more price competitively? Right. And so now you may call two or three doctors and you might talk to your general practitioner, but then you may say, hey, if I'm going to go to a specialist, I want to talk to the specialist that will do the MRI for $500 instead of $2,000. Right, exactly. And that's one of the major problems with the healthcare system is that because the insurance company pays, mm -hmm. then the person that's going and getting the service has no... There's incentive. There's, there's no, no incentive. incentive for them to try to cut costs. Exactly. They, all they have is their portion. Right. And the doctors... And whatever test they need, just give me the test. I don't care. Yeah. I have my max. I'm going to pay it give me the best. Right. And the doctors have every incentive to overcharge because yes. they're just billing the nameless giant insurance company. Mm -hmm. But when it's individual to individual and I'm shopping for a good doctor, well, now I'm going to look at the cheapest prices, or at least I'm going to take that into consideration. Right. And the doctor is looking at me as a self-payer and he's going to say, okay, usually we'd run these three tests, mm -hmm. but probably 89% of the time, it's this one test that'll figure it out. So let's right. start with that one. Yep. And you take the bill from $3,000 down to $1,000 and if you were shopping it around in the first place, maybe you find that $1,000 test for 500 bucks somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And when you take that times 3 million people a day, yeah. and let's say that, that just 10% of those people get onto health sharing ministry programs like this, that's 300,000 people a day that could be saving $500 to the economy, yeah. to, to the health insurance industry, to them individually. Yeah, I mean, individually, the sure. money, and, I, and I'm making up numbers, but the, the numbers behind this can be staggering. They well, can be they, really they are staggering. Right. That's why things are so expensive. 
There's a reason why a family of three or four pays $1,500 a month for coverage. It's because everything is so inflated. And if you look at a typical doctor's office, about two-thirds of the staff is just to process claims. Oh, that's totally that's true. That's all they yeah, do. Absolutely. They process the, the paperwork and yeah. everything that needs to be done in order to for them to get paid for the services that they're rendering. Yeah. So if you think about that, just from that perspective, now I'm not into anybody losing jobs, but my point is a lot of this work is generated and it's unnecessary. It doesn't add to my health. It doesn't add no. to my ability no. to get better faster. And, and the cost of everything goes crazy. And then of course the insurance companies and the doctors are constantly fighting. And then of course the government has to step in to say, we're gonna regulate it. Right, and we know right. every time that happens, things go from bad to worse. The government is not known for managing things well. No, of course not. And so, I guess bottom line for us is we we wanted to make you our audience aware of these options. And if you are able to look at these programs and potentially benefit by being able to, of course, qualify for them and, and getting to them and save yourself some money, I think it's a great option. Uh, it is for me. I mean, I'm not talking about somebody just looking from the outside. I'm from the inside looking out. I know how these programs work because uh, I've done the research and I am now have been on one for close to a year. And I think it's the greatest thing. I really That's do. So cool. I mean, my wife pays twice what I pay and she still has a deductible, still has all those things. And I I know part of it is, is the employer's covering part of it and she's paying part of it. But, you know, it depends. It's not for everybody. Some people need to have... Um, the type of care where they can go to the doctor because th- because they may have an ongoing illness or something that needs to be taken care of. So they're not able to put two $300 every time this happens uh, out of their pocket. So they need to be on a on this kind of a program. Right. But I would say at least half of Americans don't yeah, meet don't that criteria. Need that, right. And don't need that. So anyway, I think it's a great option. Let's talk about some of the yeah, well, benefits or some of the differences in these programs so people yeah. are more informed. Well, I think it's really cool when you look at one of these programs one of the reasons that they're able to save so much money in general, and it's so much cheaper, is that they're pooling together. They call it a risk pool. So mm-hmm. they're pooling all these different people together. And some are healthier, some are not quite as healthy. But when they pool all of this together, they're pooling from a very specific set of beliefs yes. and institutions. And so they're pulling from people that commit to be in marriage. Yes. Now, when you eliminate people that are having multiple sex partners in any given year or two years, you eliminate a high number of STDs. Mm-hmm. When you eliminate, they'll have another commitment piece where it says, I don't drink alcohol or not to excess, right? right. And right. I'm, and that has to be verified by a third party. Uh, I don't smoke cigarettes. Now you mentioned this, but just going a little bit deeper, if you can eliminate cigarette smoking, if you can eliminate uh, excessive alcohol, alcohol. Uh, excessive alcohol mm-hmm. usage, if you can eliminate situations where people are outside of marriage, then you can save a ton of money because these people are a much better risk. They're much cheaper because they're they're much less well, likely. Their health is better they're because right. they're not engaged in these behaviors. Right. And we're not talking about good or bad here. We're just talking about behaviors that normally result in health issues. Right. 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 This is not a moral, necessarily a moral decision or moral judgment call. No, right. It's more of we know that if you look at the healthcare industry and the people that are being treated, the result of lung cancer Smoking is the number one reason for that. Right. And there's so many others that are based on whether it's drug and alcohol abuse and all these things, diabetes, all those things that are happening because of of behavior that, frankly, it's, I mean, it's a choice. 
Oh, it yeah, is a absolutely. choice. I can choose to either stay committed to my wife and not have sex outside mm-hmm. of marriage, or I can choose to right. go ahead and do that. Right, right. And if I do that and I take the risk that I may contract something, I may have AIDS, I, right. may, I may, who knows right. what could happen. Now my health situation changes drastically. Yes, right? yes. And now I need to have coverage that is whatever is yeah. necessary to cover all my costs. And now, of course, it's a much more expensive proposition. So I can right. no longer be part of this group of people right. that have said, hey, if we all behave, if we all believe in the same yeah. things and support each other, then there's there's less likelihood that we'll experience these high expenses. Yeah. Because that usually comes from these types of behaviors or uh, you know diseases and things that happen uh, due to that behavior. Right. right. So these groups will make you sign a document saying that mm-hmm. you commit not to do those things. One of them that I've worked with in the past uh, will make sure that you are a part of a house of worship mm-hmm. or a church program at least three times a month. And so now I, as a pastor, will actually review the documents for people and say, okay, I can, I can, as a third party looking in, in good conscience, say that I'm just going to make him a name. John Smith mm-hmm. is married, is um, staying within that committed relationship, is not using alcohol excessively, and attends church three times a month. Right. And what that does for the health-sharing ministries is is now, if you're in a healthy marriage, you actually live longer. You have better health because usually well, your spouse is keeping it. It's, no, it's, it's proven, right? Proven. This is just medical facts. Is that the, is that your spouse is usually looking out for you, and so they don't want you to uh, gain weight and go to type two diabetes. You know, they don't want. They're looking out for health risks for you, and you're looking out for health risks for them. Right. Plus depression and other diseases that will come in. So. All of this makes it a better risk for this risk pool, which makes it way cheaper because there's just less health problems that arise. Now, health problems do still arise. Sure, of course. That's why these ministries are put together so they can share each other's burdens. But the, the, the great thing about it is, and I've looked at several of these organizations when I chose one of those, and what I've noticed is that their ability to cover the costs of this pool of people that they have in their membership... Mm-hmm. Is staggering, it's staggering to me how you know, most of them pay up to 100% of what is being charged. Because again, there's not a ton of out of control uh, expenses because they're they're much less grave, the much less expensive to treat. So we're talking about the difference between, uh, and really, you made you made a good point, David, that it's a group of people that have decided to to abide by certain. Uh, let's just say moral code. Sure. And that equates into positive, better health, better marriages, less disease, less depression, all of the things that make the health industry so expensive. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so that's, that's something that I think is really interesting and really neat about these programs. Uh, the other thing that I think it's important that you know and that we do caution you against is that it is not health insurance. Right. It is a health sharing program. It is a risk pool where these organizations are pooling the risk. Now, with health insurance, it is backed by a government guarantee. So if the health insurance company ever went bankrupt and completely went defunct, then the government has actually been taking money from all the health insurance companies and pooling it into another fund. So Mm -hmm. if one of them goes down... There's basically backup insurance. It's called reinsurance. And so the government has another set of reinsurance to take care of a health insurance company and its people if something happens to one. So there is not a reinsurance program here. So you do have to realize there's a little bit different level of risk. But like Leo's saying, if you do 
the math and you look into the numbers behind these companies and they are extremely financially stable and you've got to look at each one and determine on your own. But if it's financially stable, it can be a very good place to deal with these kind of risks. Another thing that I would do is definitely... Personally, I would pay for that brother's keeper mm -hmm. extra premium yeah, or extra share because that will allow you to, if something happens to you over a million dollars, be protected. Right. And health insurance is not just for the $200,000 expense. It really is for the $2 million expense. Exactly. So if you get a rare form of cancer, you want to be insured for that. And so I highly recommend that you find one that can take you over a million dollars because you don't want the insurance coverage to run out right when things right. get expensive. Exactly. And most of them have this additional coverage as an option. It's a smaller cost beyond your premium or your, your gift that you would give every month. So a few of the major healthcare sharing ministries are Christian Healthcare Ministries. That's the name of one. Mm -hmm. And Leo, that's the one that you're using, yes. right? Yes. Yep. And then Samaritan's Ministry. Uh, Samaritan Ministries is one that I've actually signed off on personally hmm. for people that are going through that plan. Uh, MediShare and Liberty HealthShare. And I'm sure there are more. Yeah, there are, there are a bunch more. Uh, MediShare, we actually had one of our friend uh, wrote a, a guest blog on my website about MediShare. So if you want to know more about that, there's some links there. You can go to that. It was written in September of last year. So if you want to go to leosabo.com blog, you'll find that article and you could link to there. We'll also have yeah. the links to these four different organizations on our show notes of this episode. We're going to cover some of the differences between these four, but really what we encourage people is to do their research because each one of these is, there's a lot of things that are the same, but there's some unique differences. And it's important that you read through, you understand what you're getting into if you're considering these and that it meets your need. Yeah. And definitely to understand that you do qualify based on the expectations, because mm -hmm. what if you don't meet the religious obligations or the moral obligations or any of the standards or guidelines? And these are not all necessarily from religious institutions, but the majority of them do have an undertone of morality and spirituality that is what binds the people together. Exactly. And that is one of the uh, the differences in these four uh, is their acceptance guidelines. So each one of them will have that on their website and you can read through them. Make sure you agree with everything before you decide to sign up because they are going to make you sign a document. Right. Uh, the other one is the process uh, of medical bills. Some of them do it electronically, some of them don't. So it will be a little bit more cumbersome for some some of these organizations. So read up on it and make sure that that's something you're willing to do. You understand what you're getting into. And also uh, the cost of sharing of alternative or natural treatments. Some of them will allow some of that. Some of them will have pre-existing conditions. Uh, some of them will not, and some of them will have pre-existing conditions, but there will be a limit to how much they'll cover in the first two to three years, and then after that, it will no longer be a pre-existing condition. Yeah. So you have to be aware of these things so that when you're getting in, you're not surprised. Oh, wow, my my condition is not covered. Right. You know, that's right. that you don't want that. Well, I definitely would encourage people to go back to your blog at leosabo.com and pull up the September 2018 blog because that was really, really good. I read through that one and it was really impactful. And I think it's just, it's helpful to see it all written out. People yeah. can also find our show notes and grab more info there for this episode on leosabo.com. And I would also, I'd ask for you to go check out stewardshippastors.com, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is a new website that I've developed for stewardship leaders 
around the country. So anybody that wants to help grow a ministry inside of their church or wants to help teach people on finances and help people in their general understanding of what the Bible says about money and teaching on finances. And so I encourage you to check that out. I've got a book that'll be coming out later this year called Jesus on Money. And that can be found. Yeah, (laughs) that can be found at stewardshippastors.com. So that should be a lot of fun. So Leo, anything else to do to close out? Just one last thing. Uh, When you go to the show notes of this episode, you will find a frequently asked questions that's from one of these organizations. And they have like videos that people are answering the questions. So, and some of them are videos, some of them are not. But I think it's a very comprehensive way to understand kind of the basics of these organizations. And then you can do the research with each one of them individually and see which one meets your need. But if you are looking for an affordable way to handle your medical expenses, a health sharing ministry could be just what you need. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You could do that either on iTunes or your Android device so that it's easier for more people to find us and to benefit from this podcast. Again, don't forget to go to stewardshippastors.com, David's new website, and there's some great information that's going to be continuing to be added to that platform. And we just encourage you, if you know anyone, especially a stewardship leader, or if you're in a church that doesn't have a stewardship program, that's a great place to go to get more information, to connect with David. And David just loves to share that part of his knowledge and experience with other pastors. By all means, go to that. Yeah, I think you'll yeah. benefit. Yeah, I've, I've actually helped probably somewhere between just last year around 50 to 100 churches begin to implement some form of stewardship awesome. ministry. And and it's just it's a huge burden on my heart to serve churches with that material to help their people mm-hmm. get debt-free, to help their people build budgets, to help their people learn what the Bible says yeah, so they have need. a better financial life. And so check out stewardshippastors.com. Well, we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money right. right. But when it's individual to individual and I'm shopping for a good doctor, well, now I'm going to look at the cheapest prices, or at least I'm going to take that into consideration. And the doctor is looking at me as a self-payer and he's going to say, okay, usually we'd run these three tests, Mm -hmm. but probably 89% of the time it's this one test that'll figure it out. So let's start with that one.